0: Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, Senior Principal at Carmichael Lynch Spa as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Ritan.
1: And good afternoon. Welcome to Purse Strings. I am Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending. The woman, of course. Although, if you listen to Jack Neff at Ad Age and the Yahoo research that he was writing about back a couple of weeks ago... That may not be so correct. According to Jack Neff's article, Time to Rethink Your Message, Now the Cart Belongs to Daddy, a Yahoo study is finding that 51% of men think that they are the primary grocery shoppers. And they, guess what, don't believe advertising speaks to them. Well, that's because, you know what, advertising has been directed at women for the longest time, especially when it comes to grocery items. Well, the study Jack references is by Yahoo. Um, They conducted the interview in 2010 of about 2,500 U.S. men, ages 18 to 64, and finding that half of them now identify themselves as the primary grocery shoppers in their household. Six in 10 say that they are their household's decision maker on things like packaged goods, health, pet and clothing purchases. But get this, only... 22% 22% or so feel that advertising's packaged to them. Well, we all know what's happened over the last two and a half years. More men than women have lost their jobs. More women have been going back to work, if not already in the workforce, at least having primary working responsibilities. Gender roles, Gender roles were already changing. We know millennial men have always felt that they needed to take a more active role in parenting and household duties, and apparently more Gen Xers now more than ever feel the same way. Well, according to Yahoo's Lauren Weinberg, uh, you know, men could be overestimating their own role in shopping in the family, but nevertheless, the fact that they see themselves in this light is a huge step forward. Um, Publicist group Saatchi and Saatchi X is saying that behavioral research of shoppers shows that a number, more like 35% of grocery and mass merchandise shoppers are men. So if nothing else guess what? Marketing efforts are probably going to end up being more gender neutral. Now, I have a personal example of this. My husband and I, my husband stays home with our kids. I am the working, lone working spouse in our family. We're watching television. It's always been a beef of my husband's that television ads around consumables are all aimed at women. It's always talking about mom, 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 mom. So when there is an ad aimed at parents, Or at least aimed at moms and dads. Guess what? He takes notice and so do I. So we're watching television. And sure enough, there is a spot on for Jif peanut butter. Now we all know the language, right? Choosy moms choose Jif. Choosy moms choose Jif. Well, guess what? They're saying choosy moms and dads choose GIF now that's something I thought that was a great example well Yahoo continue to find that men are more brand loyal maybe they'll be choosing Jeff and less focused on promotions than women shoppers and they do more product research when it comes to packaged goods than women according to Yahoo uh, and they are often newer to the categories prefer ads with more information so they are seeking information so anyway, I thought that was just fascinating I can speak to it from personal experience but nice to see it validated by Yahoo with a larger study. Well, our Prada professional is our purse profile today. This is a woman committed to her career. Isn't it funny how that works uh, with the information I just shared? She is trying to achieve some work-life balance um, after spending so much time on the job. Median age is 36, graduates of college, working full-time, median income, individual income of about $75,000. They really do focus on their relationships. They're confident in their own style. They are practical purchasers. Um, They really... Shop around for the best price when it comes to expensive items. They're very good at managing money, at least they say so, and they plan ahead for expensive purchases. They do use the internet to help plan for shopping trips. Of course, we've already talked about that they like to work, or at least they have to work, and they consider themselves workaholics. It's important to them that their family thinks that they're doing well, but at the same time, they understand that life is more than work and they love spending time with family. They like the arts and international events. They're focused on their home seeing it as an extension of who they are and they are environmentally conscious when it comes to retail they're shopping at nordstrom neiman marcus pottery barn crate and barrel and target they're driving toyota audi jeep and bmw and if you're a marketer how do you connect with our product professional well she's reading magazines and viewing cable and network tv for entertainment and guess what she gets her information online her magazines of choice include real simple in Style, Shape, Vanity Fair, Cooking Light, Martha Stewart Living. She's watching E! Food Network, Fine Living, TLC, TBS, and Discovery Channel. And um, this woman, of course, is um, very iconic because she is the working woman of today. Well, my guest for this program is also a working woman. has been in her business for 20 years at Office Depot. Monica Lucknefeld is the EVP of global e-commerce for Office Depot. In her role, she oversees global e-commerce strategies and is responsible for delivering $4.2 billion in online revenue with Office Depot. That includes driving innovation and customer-driven features across all of the company's web platforms. Yes, it's a very, very big job. And not only does she do that, She's also involved outside of work, involved in a lot of women-focused organizations. She also serves on the Department of Homeland Security's Private Sector Senior Advisory Committee and is a board member for the Institute of Economic Empowerment of Women, or IEEW.org. She's a member of Florida International University's College of Business Advisory Board and is a trustee as well of Mount St. Mary's College. I'm very excited to have Monica Luckefeld on the program today to talk about driving e commerce for your businesses as she has successfully done so much over the last 17 years at Office Depot. More from Monica when we return in just a moment.
0: Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. Purse strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for The Raven. Raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs. Ascend into new heights of ranking
1: and revenue with a search engine friendly online shopping cart that's ready for liftoff. Introducing Ascender Cart. Ascender Cart optimizes your shopping cart with easy to use SEO tools that will help build keywords, titles, and tags for top search engine rankings. Get all of the advantages of having a shopping cart on your site and monitor your progress with regular reports in just a click. Prepare to launch your shopping cart to the top of the search engines with AscenderCart. Learn more about what AscenderCart can do for you at AscenderCart.com.
0: A-S-C-E-N-D-E-R-C-A-R-T dot State of Search, your home for the latest search marketing news and views of the world. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the International Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Welcome back to
2: First Strings. Joining me today is Monica Luchtefeld. She's Office Depot's Executive Vice President of Global E-Commerce, and in that role is responsible for delivering more than $4.1 billion in online revenue for the company. Monica, welcome to the program. Thank you, Maria. It's great to be here. I'm thrilled to have you. You know, Office Depot's done amazing work, and in your role, what a big job. You have to deliver more than $4.1 billion in online revenue, I would imagine with that type of revenue generation, it's safe to say that e-commerce is pretty darn critical to Office Depot's growth this year. Am I right? You're right. It's actually pretty important to our customers, and that's what drives it for us. If it's critical to the customers, it's strategic for us. Well, that makes perfect sense, and that. that- totally fits with everything I know about Office Depot. I mean, clearly you partner with companies to provide office products that are critical to doing business. And, you know, I'm sure you are finding that companies are doing more of that business online and therefore need to access your services online more than ever before. Am I right? You are. I think for the large corporate accounts, they've been online for years. And probably the vast majority of our business with them, maybe 90% of the business is all transacted online. And now the small business customers are just as engaged. They're probably doing at least eighty to eighty-five percent of their business online. So, business has truly moved online into the internet. Well, and I think Office Depot's really led the way. And I'm sure under under your tutelership that it's really been able to make large gains in e-commerce. You've been with Office Depot for, I think it's 17 years. Maybe you're on your 18th year now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Congratulations I Congratulations on that. That's huge. And you've really grown OfficeDepot.com to become the largest supplier of business supplies online. I know that's been hard work to do. It's not something that's happened overnight. How did you manage to do that, Monica? Well, first and foremost, I didn't do it alone. <laughs> um, <laughs> fortunately for me, there are a lot of very committed folks at Office Depot and committed to our customer. All Everything we do when it comes to the Internet really starts and ends with the customer. They're at the core of our decision-making. We have some talented folks in our IT organization, in our online marketing organization, and as we continue to, upgrade the site, add new features and enhancements, get into social media and mobile. These are all initiatives that come out of our customer research, our customer focus groups, and uh, customer interest. Well, and I know, um, you, you, as you said, you haven't done a loan, and I'm sure it hasn't all been smooth sailing either. What has been your biggest challenge since the e-commerce site launched? Well, we were sort of pioneers in the e-commerce site, and uh, we launched our first uh, business-to-business site in uh, 1994, which is kind of the uh, infancy of the Internet and uh, Internet retailing. Uh, as such, our, our hardest challenge in those years was just to convince people that the Internet was for real that it really had the potential of uh, streamlining the way people communicate and the way business is done, and that it was worthwhile for people to pay attention to it and get engaged. So lots of naysayers in those uh, early uh, years through 94 to 96 and 97, most people that we dealt with thought the Internet was a fad and would be over and done with in another year or so. Isn't that funny how that did not happen at all? Quite the opposite. I can remember those days. I can remember getting kind of pushed and shoved online and thinking, oh, this is the biggest waste of my time, and now we can't do anything without it. But what, it's sure a lot of industries. Oh, it has remarkably. Yeah. I mean, it really, yeah. we don't do business the same way anymore, and Office Depot clearly doesn't. I'm sure you've had a lot of successes to celebrate along the way as well. What are some of the ones that come to mind for you? Well, I think uh, part of our challenge was when we decided we wanted to take the uh, Internet uh, global. And as you may know, we are in 50 plus countries across the globe. We manage about uh, 25 different websites in 20 different languages. So taking what we had done and learned here very well and distributing it across a global platform to customers all over the globe was probably the next big challenge that we had We took a different approach than other companies may have. We decided that if we're going to be distributing product in that uh, country, whether it be uh, Germany, the Netherlands, or uh, India, or China, that we would have operations in those countries. So we actually have teams in those countries that work on the sites. We have uh, folks in the country for customer service as well as uh, fulfillment. And uh, the Internet really followed our expansion plans across the globe. But the challenge was to take things that you've learned here and uh, try to apply them to different cultures, different countries, uh, different languages, and to be able to do that successfully. And that, that was probably our next biggest feat. Well, that's definitely no small undertaking, as you say. I mean, I think getting the socialization right was probably one of the biggest hurdles. Um, And talking to distinct audiences is something Office Depot has done very, very well. You've run a very large reputation, positive reputation, as being supportive of female-run businesses specifically. Talk a little bit about what you think makes the Office Depot distinctive when it comes to supporting female-run businesses well women uh, whether they're business owners or making the purchasing decisions for their offices or sometimes for their home are really our largest constituent they're they represent probably in some uh, size businesses 65 to 70% of the uh, decision-makers on office supplies, and others around 60%. So they are the majority of our customers. It's very important for us as a company that we reflect the constituents that we serve. You will see women represented uh, from the top of the organization on our board of directors. Four of our board members are women to our executive team, three of the eight of us on the executive team are women, all the way to our officers, frontline managers, even to our folks that you're going to meet inside of one of our retail stores. So we want to make sure we reflect that the customer that we serve. But then we've also taken it the next step and tried to put our commitment where where our organization stands. And uh invested and sponsored uh, conferences for women, whether it's the Success Strategies Conference that we've hosted for years, uh, helped organizations get going, uh, Women's Business Enterprise Council, which does a lot of the certification of women business owners. We've been privileged to be recognized by them each year as one of the top uh, 10 corporations in the U.S. for women, whether they're women suppliers to our organization or women suppliers of indirect materials. We host matchmaking sessions across the country to give women access to the uh, suppliers with products and services or to provide access to our large corporate customers through these sessions, have a women's advisory board. And something I'm very proud of is the web cafe that we do on a weekly basis. It's a... Uh, Tips, uh, tactics, techniques for small business to start, run, and grow your business. And we cover topics every week in our weekly webinar from uh, marketing your business on a shoestring budget to uh, inside tips from Google as to how to make your search dollars go farther all of them just fabulous resources and that really anyone could take advantage of. But as you said, a lot of that's focused on the female entrepreneur. You've taken, your, you personally have taken that focus on, on women into um, the IEEW, the, um, your board member for the Institute of Economic Empowerment of Women. Talk a little bit about the work that you, done, you do through that organization. Sure, it's a terrific organization. Terry Neese is the executive director, and I strongly encourage your listeners to take a moment and look it up. And uh, iee The uh, organization is really focused on um, small business entrepreneurs, although this time the business woman, the woman business owner is in another country. And the theme behind the organization is how can we create peace through business? How can we help inspire, train, motivate that entrepreneur? And we're particularly focused today on women in Rwanda and women in Afghanistan get their business started. And we provide on-the-ground training in those countries through uh, seminars and uh, through uh, mentors in those countries to help these women get their business fledgling idea and their business going. And then we take the top entrepreneurs each year and uh, they come to the U.S. to take a series of courses as well as uh, engage in mentorship with women entrepreneurs. And then these women uh, mentor them in their like similar business and we have then kind of an international celebration on their uh, graduation from the course and they're committed to go back to their countries and pay it forward by bringing on the next team of women entrepreneurs and helping them also become effective business women how inspirational not only for the women in those countries who are able to participate for also for for you all for you all here in the U.S. to be able to work so closely with uh, women in Rwanda and Afghanistan, I would imagine that it's it's really probably gone both ways. That the goodwill and the and the payoff has worked both ways. It absolutely does work both ways. You know, there's nothing like uh, when you have a tough day and think. Uh, Nothing could be harder than the day you just went through to be reminded of what it's like to try to run a business in a small village in Afghanistan where you actually have to get permission uh, from the tribal leaders just to uh, pull together a group of women to even talk about business, to pull together kind of from the bootstraps your particular business thought or your idea to get women to come together and work on the uh, business itself The hardships that you go through are so much different than the women in Rwanda and some of the courageous women in Afghanistan who are trying to make their idea a reality. So it's very sobering, and it uh, certainly makes our day-to-day problems and crises a lot more trivial than what these women have to do. It puts it all in perspective, I am certain of that. Well, a couple of last questions before we wrap today. What should companies considering e-commerce consider before creating the offering? As you said, more and more companies have gone online, created online shops. It really has changed the face of retail, if you will, but I'm sure there's some serious considerations before you just launch that type of activity. Well, we spend a lot of time talking about this with our women entrepreneurs in our uh, webinars, and I guess I would have to say for some types of business, whether you're in a uh, consulting business or a services business, you know, a commerce site on the web is really not what you're going to aspire to do. And you may have a mixture of engagement for your customer base, whether it's through social media of LinkedIn and Facebook, coupled with a web page that can speak about the projects you've done, that can have uh, comments and uh, remarks from some of the customers you've served, has bios and information. But your approach to the Internet may be more of a brochure where informational site coupled with outreach through social media. And on the other hand, if you're an entrepreneur and you're looking to get a commerce site together, there are some terrific uh, places to go to get some help on the commerce engine, up to and including how to get those uh, orders paid for through credit card or PayPal or Amazon checkout or any of those other types of vehicles. But there's a lot of resources out there. So I would encourage folks that are, are looking to do a couple of things uh, be active listeners to your program. And I'd also suggest they may want to uh, handle, touch base with Office Depot.com slash web cafe and listen to what some of our experts in uh, online marketing for your business or how to get started in social media might have to tell you. Great tips. Well, and you mentioned before Office Depot, clearly a pioneer in this area. As a pioneer, look ahead into your crystal ball. What do you see as the next big thing on the horizon for e-commerce? I think the the place that we're at right now is this interesting inflection point. We probably have a few years to go before it will uh, totally manifest itself. But it will be interesting to understand for those of us that have rich, robust websites, how does this intersect with the next generation who are very much uh, mobile and text oriented. We've already launched several apps for our website so that you can reach out to our site through one of our apps or you can come in directly from your mobile device and place orders on the web or track your order or check your work-life reward status or uh, uh, track your shipments. Those are the types of things that I see customers doing today. I think the changes are when I look at the next generation of uh people who work in the office, the amount of collaboration, of social engagement, and the engagement through very different devices is probably going to um, change the Internet significantly. Traditional sites are probably going to morph into something substantially different because we're going to be meeting our customer on a iPad or an iPhone or a Blackberry or an Android platform. Yeah, just a few things to think about. (laughs) Right. Just a few things to to keep you awake at night. I I think my reminder is always, you know, I have a little uh, two-and-a-half-year-old grandson, and uh, to watch him manipulate the iPad. And to use it tells me that uh, I better be ready for him when he's ready to place his first office supply order. That's uh, absolutely right. Keeps keeps me pushing ahead. That's right. right. and ahead of the curve. Monica, (laughs) thank you so much for joining me today. Really appreciate having you on the program. Oh, you're so welcome, Maria. Thank you much. And for everyone listening today, please do go on to officedepot.com. Specifically, try out officedepot.com slash webcafe, as Monica mentioned. And if you are inter- interested in the IEew I do encourage you to go online to org. Thank you to my producer, George, for another great show. And join me next week for another edition of Purse Drinks right here Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. I'll be speaking with Katie Mull and Barbie Cassius, both from Culture. You know them well if you listen to the show on a regular basis. They're the outstanding trend-watching organization. We're going to be talking with these consumer strategists about some new insights into the world of mom, what she's purchasing, and why. Until then, make it a great one.